This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. I'm going to come in and do a little bit of a Baylor preview here since it's our last big game on the non-con. We've seen some stuff over the last week or so against Charlotte and then against Hofstra that I think have us a little more optimistic here. Um, So let's kind of jump right in, fellas. Uh, If you haven't been following, we haven't recorded since then. So we did beat Hofstra 89-68. Close first half, kind of blitzed them a little bit in the second half. Um, Shoot, I'll go to you first and then we'll kind of really jump in. What's the biggest adjustment you've seen since coming off those back-to-back losses against Arkansas and Georgia Tech? I mean, the thing I liked the most was the aggressiveness by Mark when he's being left alone at the three-point line instead of kind of being indecisive and trying to figure out whether he wants to shoot or not. He's just attacking, you know, getting downhill. If they're going to give him a lane to drive, you know, he's got a little bit of creativity around the basket and he can go, you know, left or right. So just, you know, drive right at the sky and attack attack the space essentially um and then he was also able to make plays out of that you know a time or two here so it's better than just like kind of regretfully shooting that three-pointer that he just hasn't been able to make this year so far yeah i think mark's the biggest guy um to talk about well let's just kind of stick here roll from mark what did you see that kind of stood out and how he was being used yeah like shu mentioned it was a lot of a usage in the short roll there so he was catching in the middle going down the middle of the lane, um, looking to pass a lot more than shoot, per se. Um, Like, if you were to go back and look at his shots from the Hofstra game, I think a lot of them were uh, attempted putbacks on offensive rebounds, whereas when he was driving down the lane there, I don't think he took a ton of shots. You know, I remember multiple kickouts to people like Flip and McCain and stuff that resulted in uh, made three-pointers, so that was really nice to see. Yeah, um, and it was kind of fitting that we had just had Brian on um, to kind of really break this down. He talked about using him kind of like in that dunker spot or having him set, um, set those flare screens. Um, we even talked a little bit about using him in the short roll. I really liked that. It was almost kind of like, um, and we were talking offline roll, of it's like listening to your podcast on like one and a half speed or something, right? Like everything Mark was doing just seemed to be a little bit quicker. 
He kind of knew like the actions and the reads of what he was looking to do. I think Flip made four threes. I want to say Mark had two assists on those, both one in that short roll and one was like the cross corner. Um, that that really seemed to open it up. And it it's a way to get him engaged in the offense and doing things versus being on an island and just being wide open. And when you catch it out there, it's like <laughs> you're one for 17. How confident are you in that shot? Um I don't know. Did he take a three this game? I want to say he might have took one. I think he took, he one. took three. Oh, okay. So he did yeah. take three. Um, yeah, one for 17 is, is tough. But I, I like that we're at least like trying to figure that out. Um, and I think that's something that Brian talked about that really just didn't like I don't think I acknowledged it at the at the depth that it needed to be in terms of like what Arkansas was doing, what Arizona was doing, like what that does to the coaching staff. And Brown was like, you know, these guys come in, you're two or three games into the season and they throw this major wrench into like how you thought you were going to be able to play or what you thought you were going to be able to do. Um, and now it's like, oh, wait a minute, we have to really adjust because unfortunately, once that happens, now the blueprint's out, right? And like everyone's just going to guard you that way. Um so I was I was really impressed. I mean, I think, you know, I called it a masterclass from John. Maybe that's a little bit strong against Hofstra, but I was really impressed just in terms of in like four days, there was a clear plan in place to say, okay, we have to figure this out. We have to kind of figure out what we're going to do here. Um, and so hopefully we're going to continue to see a little bit more of that. Uh, and in terms of other adjustments, this isn't much of an adjustment, but I think we should at least note that Jared's making shots. Yeah, at like a pretty high level now. Again, Charlotte and Hofstra, you know, maybe that leaves a little bit out there, but I thought he was great over this week. If you don't have Flip's massive game um, and Roach just doing what he does, then Jared might be my MVP over these two games, just yeah. in terms of the shooting, um, what he was able to make in some two-point shots. I mean, do y'all think it was just a matter of shots going in, or did you see anything differently, like schematically, or like how he was getting into shots? Um, or I'll toss it to you first on this one, just making shots for Jared or something in the kind of in the water over there. I don't know. Um, certainly the finishing was better. And, you know, that's the big change there because he's been making his threes all year um, and he's been getting open threes for the most part. It's really tough to say whether it was just the level of competition, but Hofstra had a good rim protector in there. Um, so the fact that he was still able to be efficient from two uh, bodes well, I think. But yeah, I'm not sure schematically if uh, if there was anything different. I do think you see a trickle down effect, though, when you're using Mark better and when you're using Flip a little bit differently, too. Um, there weren't as many just like a bunch of guys standing around while Flip posts up. That mm -hmm. wasn't happening as much. So I think when you get a little bit more ball movement and just overall player movement, you're going to see the results across the board. Like everybody really shot better these last two games from three yeah. specifically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for um, me, I think McCain, it was just decisiveness and confidence. Like he caught the ball, I know, on the corner for a three, but was getting closed out on. So he pumped fake, took one hard dribble in instead of, you know, where he used to maybe try to probe and get a little too far in to the lane into no man's land. Just take that pump fake, take one or two dribbles and pull up from you know, 12, 14 feet, and he cashed it in each time I saw him, at least in the uh, the Hofstra game. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to be kind of like similar to the same shots he's been taking, right? He just hasn't been making any of those pull-up twos. Um, had some pretty nice finishes, still not really kind of attacking to like to get to the rim a ton. Um, I don't really expect that to ever 
be like his primary weapon, probably, you know, with the way the shooting is. But it was definitely good to see him get back on track. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the potential kind of positives for missing a guy like Proctor is maybe we do can kind of figure out the McCain Foster dynamic. Um, Foster is pretty quiet this week, really, in terms of like coming in. Um, you know, y'all think that's more of a function of just kind of getting thrust into the starting lineup, having to adjust to a different role, maybe feeling a little bit more responsibility to kind of give it, get everybody more set up, take more of a secondary or a back seat. Um, Cause it's not like he played poorly. I just kind of thought he would get more shots up. Um, anything yeah, else off a, from that? More of a game manager, I guess. Than yeah. Yeah. To be like a attack uh, guard, you know, that, that six man coming off the bench looking to score. Just getting downhill constantly, yeah. right? We didn't see a ton of that. I mean, you saw in the Hofstra game, the, the ball didn't stick at all. I mean, we were moving mm-hmm. the ball. Everybody was touching it and passing it. If you couldn't make a, uh, you know, catch it in a quick drive on your guy or get a shot up, you were looking to pass it. Even when we're rebounding, rebounding, get it to a guard. He's looking ahead like the pace and that Hofstra game was incredible. Um, and then obviously we shared the ball and, and shot the ball well, and that you know hopefully that carries over. Yeah, it seems like he's trying to step into Proctor's shoes a little bit. Um, you would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive um, yeah. going forward, but like you said, I thought he played well. I thought he made good decisions, and the shots he took were smart shots. You know, it was a lot of spot up threes and things like that. He did attack the lane a couple times, but that was kind of on closeouts and stuff. So yeah, I, I did not not have a problem at all with the way Foster played, and I think probably it was good for the team in these particular two games yeah. because it helped it helped Jared get off for one thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time going through each guy, but I, I think it's at least worth kind of touching on just how consistent Jeremy has been, especially over the Amazing. last two weeks. Um, yeah. You know, his numbers shooting fifty percent from three at this point, and not taking like. A, a ton but i mean i think he's took what 35 34 35 so um you know he's like three or four a game right Something yeah like so would like to maybe see that even creep up a little bit more if you're going to shoot oh, yeah. like that um, uh, the other thing to note is just the last um four games with him in particular he's been at like 20 points per game on like 50 60 90 splits or something crazy yep yeah, he'll go through these little bursts where he's just yeah. like attacking, getting downhill, hitting a few of those threes, and it's like boom, boom, boom. He'll have like his own little kind of eight to ten point run, like just out of nowhere. I also think the threes he's taking are better threes than he yeah. was taking in previous years. He's taking a lot of spot ups. Yeah, a lot of, and he's really threes. set. You know, he's he's really set when he catches it. Yeah. Um, I guess we'd be remiss here. We kind of left this to last intentionally a little bit, but. Um, how about flip, you know, flirted with the triple double, um, should have had it, did have seven of the 10 turnovers, which, you know, a little bit, but a lot of it was you live with them because it wasn't his, um, freshman year turnovers where there wasn't the spin into traffic or just trying to do too much off the bounce. Um, really the only time, and I think you touched on this rule, the only time the offense really bogged down is when we were just post and flip. Um, and I don't think it was too much on him because it looked to be a few of those times. Like he's catching and he's looking to pass and we're just not moving like well enough, right? It's the movement really happens when we're using guys as screeners and the, the actions are set to reverse the ball. Um, Shouts to uh, Blake's. Blake's had two of the best cuts I've seen this year in yeah, that game. Yeah. I think he, he played great it, in both games, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 
Um, no, I mean, hell of a pass by flip too. When the, yeah. that when you're talking about where Blake yeah. kind of cuts through the like S curve through the middle there. And yeah, he, just he finds had it. that one, and then Blake's had another one where flip cross courted to I think it was to Roach, but there was a guy basically guarding Roach and uh, Blake's kind of in the middle. But Blake's realized if I cut here, I'm going to suck him down, and then and then uh, flip through it over the top and set Jeremy up for a nice easy three. That was the one that Fran, I think, was like, and right after he hits this, and then he hit it. You know, it was like, yeah, he kind of made <laughs> oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a. I'm glad you mentioned that too. That yeah. was such like a nice, perfect commentary right there because he didn't say it with any kind of like bravado. It was just very nonchalant. Oh yeah, right yeah. after he makes this, we'll you know we'll, we'll talk about how yeah, yeah yeah about how Trevor um, Keel shouldn't have left. Right? <laughs> yeah 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 um, yeah. Shout out to Blake's too, right? He's kind of shined a little bit with yeah. Parker being out. Um, Love him. Especially you know, against Charlotte, it was fantastic. The, the the energy just comes up so much when he's. Oh yeah, you know, he had a great sequence versus Hofstra too. I think um, maybe in the first half where he like dives on the floor and gets a steal or something, and we yeah. come down and hit a three, and he's just like amping up the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing I kind of wanted to hit on, and then was just jump exclusively into Baylor here. It's kind of maybe worth mentioning the Ryan Young kind of minute drop off here the last week, yeah. right? Like Charlotte, he plays six minutes. I think he only plays two minutes against Hofstra. Um, what do y'all make of that? I, I don't want to say that like I'm I'm happy to see it because I don't want to give in to just like all the like insane amount of hate that he gets, but I do like it in terms of just matchups, how we're really trying to play, ceiling, floor, all of that good stuff. Um Y'all take anything away from that? Because it's not like anyone really took the minutes. You know, we, we didn't go like really deeper. It just, they didn't go to him. Anything else? I guess shout out to TJ. He did play almost 10 minutes, but. No, I mean, I think, you know, last year, Ryan gave us a lot on the offensive glass. And that year, this year just hasn't been quite the same for him. Um, so, you know, what is he giving you that that he, you know you're also giving up defensively with him in? I guess is the question, and whether or not we're we're better off with him in or out. But I think again, it's it's a you know a game by game basis. I wouldn't imagine in this Baylor game there's probably going to be a lot of minutes for him. I'm sure they're going to be wanting to get up and down, and they're physical and athletic. So yeah, um, maybe a game where we see Sean Stewart. I don't know, at a certain point here, we're getting very close where I'm just going to kind of probably stop talking about that, right? Because it's yeah. at a certain point in the season. I mean, sure, he could break out at any point, but, um, you know, he plays two minutes, played six. It seemed like he was starting to kind of build momentum into the rotation, and now it's went the other way, and it looks like maybe TJ could possibly be that guy that really solidifies um, those sort of eight to ten minutes that are just left over. You know, he played nine against Hofstra. But again, if he's out there for nine minutes, you got to get that kid a shot, right? Like, you got to get him a three-point shot. Um, Otherwise, we're just playing zone defense for no reason. Right, yeah, you're just, yeah, <laughs> what are you what are you doing out there, really? Um, he's probably our best shooter just in terms of pure stroke, you know. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Baylor's probably going to be a tough matchup for him, but. <laughs> You know, we'll see how that goes. But anything yeah, but, else I want to talk about about that stuff before we just jump in? Go ahead, Ro. No, I just wanted to add to the Ryan Young uh, point. It's interesting and weird to me that he's less effective this year. I wonder if it's partially just due to the defensive coverage or something. But, you know, his field goal percentage is way down. Um, Even his free throw percentage is down. But, you know, his offensive rebounds are down. Like, 
I'm not really sure what's caused that drop off, but there's a big difference between playing a guy 15 minutes a game who's shooting 68% and right. playing a, a guy uh, 15 minutes a game who's shooting 53%. Right. Yeah. Well, um, to come back to something, I don't know if you guys remember when we had John on earlier this summer, you know, he said that the roles were going to change on this team and that some of the guys that, you know, had a, a big role last year might not have that. And obviously we, you know, amongst ourselves thought that was a different person, which we were <laughs> totally wrong about. And yeah, I we were wrong about that. But I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a coincidence in that or not. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, have you seen uh, have you seen Roach's minutes lately? <laughs> yeah, thirty seven yeah. a game, forty, forty, forty. Yeah, <laughs> um, you you really can't afford to have, when him and Flip are both off. It's just it's tough out there. It's because mm, yeah. they're an offense almost unto themselves um, at this yep. point. So you know we'll, we'll we'll see. I think Ryan's a guy that could just randomly kind of pop back in too, and just be able to adjust to whenever when he, he's needed. So um, that part is nice, but. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast well let's switch gears a little bit so uh, this was a game that we would kind of talked about with brian about you know that was going to be really tough that we were hoping to keep it close and then michigan state shows up at four and six or four and five or whatever they were and just beats the doors off of Baylor. Um, I mean, I was texting you guys. This was like 45 to 15. Yep. Yeah. Like, okay. This was a, like, right out of the gate. Just It was over like two in, yeah. Yeah, and maybe not even, right? Like, it was just really impressive for Michigan State to do that. But what do you think it says about Baylor now? Do we think that, you know, I'm kind of a little bit on the camp that's like, okay, maybe we're catching them at a transitional period, to quote Pulp Fiction here, right? I don't want to kill you. I want to help you. Um can these guys drop two? I mean, I didn't see any. Obviously, this is the only time I've watched them live, and they looked awful, right? So it's hard to really judge that. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Um, 
but maybe we get a little bit of Christmas magic. These guys are ready to go home. Maybe we're able to take advantage of that. Shoot, I don't know how much of the Michigan State game you watch, but um, how kind of high or low are you on Baylor at this point? I mean, I, I to completely honest, I thought Baylor was going to curb stomp Michigan State. Me too. And, yeah, when I saw the score of that, uh, I think I just come off the golf course and checked in, uh, and, it, and it was like forty-five to to fifteen or whatever you said it was. Um, after rewatching it, I mean, Michigan State just took it to them. They put them in that that pick and roll, and basically just put Cisse as a freshman. Uh, he's got length and he can block shots, but I mean, he's a freshman and. Um, you just put him in some of those situations. They were either, you know, getting lobs to to their guy or kicking it out and making threes. So maybe we can copy that same game plan. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that uh, Baylor turned it over 21 times. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Baylor's the, – they're so high in offense specifically because they're the best three-point shooting team mm -hmm. in the nation. You know, uh, before this game, they had like nine guys shooting over 40% from three. Now I think it's down to only seven guys, but still, that's a lot, right? And you got yeah. guys with a ridiculous percentages, like 67% and stuff. So, you know, that game, I think they went six of 19 from three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a little shooting variance in there, but that could, that could actually be something that carries forward there's no reason why it couldn't um you know they're they're extremely dependent on the three-point shot offensively and then they give up a lot of threes too yeah so um you know it's 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 a little bit of a one-dimensional offense to me now it's a good dimension when you have that guy many guys shooting that well but i think ultimately it was the turnovers and only making six threes that kind of did them in on the on their offensive end you know, and obviously Michigan State was able to score at the basket at will, like uh, she was saying. Yeah, and they didn't so, take many threes, but they made like literally every single one yeah, that they exactly. take. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to really look at it in a in a you know a snapshot like that against literally your worst game of the season. Um, but I do think there was a little bit that comes off of that. Now you could turn it around and say, okay, they're not going to play that boy again. Sure, um, they're going to be amped up. They're going to be motivated. But when you lose like that, it also kind of creates some questions that might kind of take a little bit longer than four days to solve. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I do like the venue that we're playing in. I do think we're playing pretty well at this point, like in the last week, right? That's not that far. But um, we, we're seeing some things schematically, though. So that's where I think my optimism comes from. It's not that we just won these two games. It's that we won them playing the way that we did which, you know, allows us to maybe hopefully things could could look a little bit differently here. I like the call out, too, on the freshman big guy. Um, when I was watching that, I was like, you know, Flip could eat this kid alive if Flip is, like, good, engaged, under control. Um, that could just – that could be the, the dominant – or that could dictate the game, right? You can't talk. Um, that part right there, that matchup right there, especially if he starts getting in foul trouble. I think outside of him – they don't really play another big guy a ton, right? Uh, Jalen Bridges, they play him at 6'9". Looks like the other big guy doesn't really kind of play a whole lot either. Um, so that gets interesting. On the flip of that, you know, pun intended maybe, is they're probably going to toss four guards out there at yep. us like nonstop. That gets a little bit interesting, but I think we can match that, right? Like I think Mark can guard a guard. Um 
from the four. I don't think that's going to put us at too much of a disadvantage. If we need to throw Blake's out there at the four, this is probably a perfect game to just run him out there and see what you get. Um, they're they're going to look to get. They're going to look to get in the paint, get a paint touch first, and, and kick see out. what they can yeah. do, and then kick out. Yeah. So what we need to do is, you know, contain that drive first and foremost. Whether it be you know a guy having to dig down, but he's going to have to to at least recover well enough to to not give up a wide open shot. Just contest, get out and contest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I might consider this could leave you vulnerable to drives, but I might consider really pressuring the three point line, just simply because that is their offense. You know, the old school K kind of deny all three pointers. Uh, you know, again, we've seen the the negatives of that, but it might be worth uh, seeing how that goes. And, and then if you're killing, if they're killing us from two, you know, it's getting layup after layup. Maybe you can adjust. But I almost think if we can win the three point battle, we should win the game, even if that means that they get some open layups. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think for me, the one thing that, could really bite us is do not foul them on these drives. They are driving to pass, stay home on three. If you have to, if you get beat and you give up a layup, you give up a layup. Um, these dudes like to get to the line, right? They love mm -hmm. to get there, but you're right. They're not attack. Like the offense isn't really set up to do. They're looking to space you out and to be able to kick down those corners. Um, you know, I thought uh, Michigan State did a really good job of kind of denying that a little bit and staying home and being okay with their with their set defense and kind of forcing Baylor to get really uncomfortable. Um, hopefully we can mimic a little bit of that by throwing a little bit of size out there. We do have a tendency to bite at those ball fakes a lot, you know, and that, that scares me a little bit. Flip's been a little handsy in those ball screens up top. He's going to get put in a ball screen probably 140 times this game, right? They're just going to ball screen that oh, up yeah. top to death. Um, how How is there a big man offensively? How is he as a roller? Do you, he's do really you just know? a lob threat. I mean, that's yeah. pretty, yeah. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to yeah. crash the glass. He's there yeah. to, to get off yeah, the he's off offensive those rebound. Yeah. That's, he's a monster. I think there. he's like fifth in the nation in, in the country. Rebound. Yeah. 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 So, the, reason, the reason I ask is because one thing I didn't love defensively these last couple games is uh, it's kind of been going on all year, but I just noticed it a little bit more is flip keeps coming out to the level of the screen essentially to hedge. And then what always happens is the big man's rolling and nobody tags him. Yeah. And we were fortunate with the teams we were playing because they're kind of on the smaller side. The guard couldn't pass over the top and the big wasn't really a scoring threat. So it didn't really bite us, but oh, they that might be something the, we want to yeah. clean up. He yeah. can catch it and finish it, but they, he's not going to, they're not going to run like post up. They're not just going to dump it down into him right. in the paint and yeah. let him yeah. go to work. That would be nice if they wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm just more day. worried. I'm more worried about the role. That's yeah, all. That's yeah. what they're going to, they're going to do that pretty yeah. much the whole time. Yeah. That's Point where, that's where Mark has to slide over or something. Yeah. yeah. Point of attack defense is, is going to have to be big, um, especially looking at not singling guys out, but. Roach, Foster, McCain, right? None of those guys are known primarily as a ball stopper. Um, that might be the facet where we miss Proctor the most. It's just yep. having a point of attack guy up there to deny some of these drives. And a big we're going to have to be careful. Too. Yeah, we're going to have to be careful up top. We got to help flip on the front, on the top side, right? Like if we just get him constantly having to contest at the rim, um, really can't afford to him to get in foul trouble. Obviously, that goes without saying, but. That's where I agree with Shu that it might be a, a game for Blake's to get 
some yeah. uh, quality minutes. Yeah, uh, just because, like you mentioned, none of those guards are like particularly amazing defensively. I would say Roach is the best at this point, just because he has all the reps in the system. Um, McCain, it's a weird thing, you know. We talked with Brian about uh, his defense, and it's it's strange to me. Like, I feel like he stays with his man okay, but maybe it's just lack of strength or lack of size or something. Uh, but he gets scored over the top on like very mm. easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Baylor's guards aren't huge, but right. they're old, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. Ray J. Dennis, 6'2, Grimes, 6'2. Jacoby Walker's the freshman. Um, yeah, I really yeah. like him. He's, you know, a he's a guy that, yeah, 6'5, um, can kind of play the two, the three there. You know, that would be a good match. Obviously, that'd be great if we had Proctor, but Blake's again Blake's, is, yep. you know, at times, if it really starts to where they're spreading us out, like, I would almost even try the four guards and Mitchell and just see kind of what happens when you have a big guy that they're not really looking to dump it to. Um, you know, the one thing that really has stayed pretty consistent is maybe you could say he should do it a little bit more, try a little bit harder on that end. But like Mark doesn't really foul. Yeah. It just has never really historically fouled. Um, you know, I mean, I think his defense can come and go at times, but I think overall I would rate him as a strong defender, especially maybe putting him in just, letting him roam in the, in the back line yeah. there and just see if he can kind of disrupt some stuff. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe Sean Stewart gets in there a little bit of an athletic body. I would probably anticipate, though, John playing about seven guys here, you know, maybe eight. Um, yep. I think it's just going to be kind of one of those games where, where it's just going to be tight enough to where it's going to be tough. Ken Palm has it as a – right now we're favored 81-80 uh three days ago that was probably flipped around i think Baylor was a three-point favorite so yeah. um you know we'll, we'll see again Baylor's the 71st defense on that a lot of that got trumped against michigan state so they're probably not quite that bad um they were in the 40s before so a 30 still not 30 you know, rating strong. drop off of one game yeah that's crazy yeah that's wild um so you know looking at their schedule they haven't they beat Auburn first game of the year, so that's a that's a solid win. Outside of that, they got a four point win over Florida. Um, that, that's yeah, that's probably about really. it. So it's hard to tell kind of how good they really are. And um, even the Auburn game, they I believe they had to come from behind. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like this dominant victory, and they end up winning by six. Right. Right. So you know, um, we'll see. We'll see. So. That's going to happen Wednesday. Uh, I think, what is it, 7 o'clock tip up in MSG. Yep. So pretty yep. excited about that. Let's do a quick just keys to the game and get out of here, fellas. I don't – I'm going to assume Proctor's not going to play. And I'm going to – I kind of hope that he doesn't unless he's already been practicing this whole week. I haven't really been looking into it a lot. I had a lot going on on my side. So um, – and I say that just because I think we've just started to get a little bit of continuity. We've had a week with this group. This is a big game. That's probably not a wrinkle that we want to – to have to deal with right then plus that just the schedule opens up very nicely to let proctor come back to 30th against queens then get ready for cues um just just get him healthy for for the games that really matter here so let's let's put him off the board quick keys to the game Raul, i'll go to you here first um you know you can give me a prediction but really just duke wins if what happens i think i uh kind of already gave it away earlier but for me it's um, limiting their three-point attempts because you can't really control what they're going to shoot, but just limiting them so they're not getting up like 30 or something like that. Um, 
and then us shooting well on the other end because I believe they're like 250th and three-point attempts allowed or something like that. So they're clearly playing um, more of a SAG defense, um, you know, as you can tell by them allowing that many threes. So I think the key for me is getting up more threes in them and then us actually hitting our threes. Yeah, okay. So a three-point game, live and die either way here. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to say defensive rebounding, like ending possessions. Yeah. Um, We don't want to give away second chance points uh, and easy baskets. Um, yeah. I think I think if we win the the war on the glass, because they don't rebound extremely well, but they do offensive rebound. So limit that, and then um, yeah, maybe just we haven't been turning the ball over. Keep that keep that trend going, um, and, and keep sharing the ball. I like I like seeing you know nineteen to twenty assists on thirty two made field goals. So yeah, yeah, um, I'm gonna kind of like. It's basically the same as y'all, but for me, it's like I think Duke wins if we limit um, flip post ups to less than fifteen percent of his usage. And I'm not like anti flip; like I want flip to have like thirty percent usage. I just want that part to be very minimalized, mainly yep. because we just haven't learned how to like really like move around him and off of him. But we seem to move really well when like the plays are set up for us to be kind of cutting and running and short rolling and doing all of this stuff. I don't think they can guard us unless we just allow them to just stay at home and camp on their guy and just we'll dump it down to flip and they got a seven footer that can kind of just go straight up with him. Um, if that becomes kind of our our fallback go to plan and what we're running most sets, uh, it's could be tough, you know, unless flips just awesome, which he, he could be. Um, but to me, that's what it is, is keep this momentum, keep this kind of the pace that we've been playing at, mm-hmm. using Mark as a facilitator in the short role, um, really kind of opening up Jeremy to be able to drive and space. Obviously, it's nice when McCain's hitting the shots that he's been hitting. That would be nice to continue as well. Um, but I just think if we make, if we spread them out and really run a good Chris offense, I don't really think they can guard us, at least not not well. If we just go to that post up, they can double. We're not going to move. We're not going to relocate well. It's going to just bog it down. Um, so that's I what I'm hoping see, to see. I do see them probably pressing us some, trying to trap and press speed us up. So I'd, I would like to see us if that that's the case for us to, to handle that well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, fortunately, I don't think that they generate a ton of steals, and we haven't been super turnover prone, so... You would think we would handle it well if they do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that you mentioned Mark there as the facilitator. To me, that's another key I was going to mention is, does that hold up? Yeah. Can we execute that against a better team? Yeah. Yeah. And if he, if he can act as a facilitator in the short role like he has been doing, then, you know, that just kind of solves the Mark problem. Yeah. Yeah, and gives him time to stay involved, stay engaged, and figure out the three-point stuff. Right, right? Like, and, and he can stay on the floor defensively, too, and that's important for us. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that part's huge. Um, okay, so I guess we'll kind of we'll wrap up here. Did we? I just went through and asked you keys. Is anyone actually taking Baylor to win this game? Do we have any takers on anyone wanting to pull the trigger on Baylor? I don't feel like it's uh, – is it, is it, I feel like it's almost bad luck if we all take Duke to win. So maybe I'll just fall on the sword here. I mean, they can't lose two in a row, can they? Um, we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I think we started 
ranked higher than them in the preseason. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very light. It's very possible we could lose this game, and I'll, it's really hard for me to not pick Duke. And that's I, I just can't remove what I saw against Michigan State right. and what I've seen from us. Now, granted, the competition gap there. Um, if you go by the transit, uh, what is it called? The trend, transitive property. Property. I guess we should beat them by about thirty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, anything that you're predicting would be a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking for a nice. I mean, it's in Madison. Bit. I do like that. It's a yeah. you know, it's an MSG. Um, I think we'll have a good crowd there. So, yeah, I like I like us our chance, yeah. uh, and we All need right. well, we know we need this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we this really is a big kinda, resume resume booster because we really don't have kind of have to have it um, a lot right now. And, I'm and, sure. I'm sure they really don't want to drop two in a row, but I think we understand the magnitude of this game too and yeah. they'll have a lot more opportunities in their conference than we right. will exactly ours. yeah so yeah. it's not a um, dire as for them as it is for us maybe yeah so i'll go on record and predict our first quick reaction post game pod because in order for that to happen it has to be a very big game and we have to win right um, <laughs> we're not been successful at that so far this year no. so should that happen we will do a uh, a quick little reaction wednesday night here so i'll, I'll make that as my prediction um and, and we'll get out of here but you know as usual rate review subscribe you can find us in all the usual places you can email us at the pod at gmail.com you can find us on x slash twitter at devilstonpod247 on the boards at thedevilsden.com um big game it's cold outside but keep those faces strong in the verb high go do series evil has returned we've already hunted werewolves demons and now what a baby antichrist <laughs> prepare yourself you will not beat us for the end i have vision somehow make it stop make it shut up you're not gonna survive this evil the final season now streaming only on paramount plus